Hey there, NFT Curious listener. Ethan here from Edge of NFT. We did it. Along with my incredible co-hosts Jeff and Josh, as well as along with the huge crew of Rockstar team members we assembled, we have just pulled off a stellar inaugural NFTLA event featuring the creme de la creme of Web3 and leveraging the vibrant entertainment scene of Los Angeles. This episode is one of a series featuring content from the NFTLA event, which happened March 28th to the 31st, 2022. Today's session is among those where one of us Edge of NFT co-hosts facilitated a main stage talk or breakout panel. This recording features me conducting an interview with Wahid Chamis of Faith Tribe on how to really win with fashion inside and outside of the metaverse. Enjoy. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Give it a, give it a few more seconds, let the room settle down a little bit. Thank you all for being here. And in a moment we'll have Wahid Shamas. I'll be interviewing him. I'm Ethan. This is working. Perfect. Feeling good. All right. I feel the peacefulness beginning to take over the room. So um, I will introduce, uh, I'll introduce myself very briefly. Ethan Janney, a co-host of the Edge of NFT podcast, which launched just about a year ago. Wahid, if you can believe that and turned into the NFTLA convention today. So you can wish us a happy birthday if you see us. Um, but we'll jump in here and we want to talk to Wahid, who we have talked to before on the podcast. He's been very friendly uh, with us, a wonderful guy, an inspiring guy. Um, I'll read a little bit of bio on him and then we'll get talking about Faith Tribe, Faith Connection, what they're up to. Um, he's the chairman of Faith Tribe and owner and steward of the Faith Connection brand he has worked in finance for 27 years, including meaningful contributions at Goldman Sachs and Janice Henderson. He owns a private equity firm, but here we are talking about Faith Connection, which launched to critical acclaim and gained prominence under the artistic direction of Faith Tribe in 2015. It quickly became one of the leading and trendiest luxury streetwear brands. It has been regularly worn by influential celebrities that you may have, may have heard of, like Kanye West, Beyonce, and Rihanna. Faith Connection is working with a top-tier software development firm based in the U.S. with experience in crypto and blockchain to design and develop the digital creative platform Faith Tribe. The Faith Tribe platform embodies Faith Connection's culture of collaboration and community, an online marketplace and open source platform that gives buyers easy access to production scale customization. It establishes a direct channel of communication with FC approved creators, including designers and artists. Hey, Wahid, good to see you over there after that little pre-prepared introduction. <laughs> yeah, you have a really incredible history and so does Faith. Um, it's a 21 year history of open source fashion. Can you tell us a little bit about 
how that originated, like why why open source fashion and, and why way before any of this blockchain stuff that, that became a part of this brand. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. It's been a great week. Um, so I'm in the private equity business. I'm in the business of trying to create value with fashion brands. And this journey really started existentially, right? So going through Corona, which is a very, very tough, brutal experience. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I back uh, individuals. So Maria Bucciolati is my partner. She's the owner of the brand and uh, I co-own it with her. And it was a very difficult conversation to say, we really got to think about how do we survive some very, very seismic shifts that are going on in back. And, uh, and Corona really just accelerated everything. So yeah. what are those monumental shifts? Number one, uh, the younger generation does not want to wait for a season. They want on-demand manufacturing. They want to choose what they want to wear now and get it delivered as soon as possible. They uh, don't want to just listen to Vogue. I mean, if Vogue was, was huge 10 years ago and sort of had to figure out how to deal with millennials, Corona just obliterated that and accelerated that. So, so the, the Vogue's of the world, where they basically dictated what the trends are gonna be, that's been destroyed. And then uh, young people and, uh, and, and even middle-aged people, they want immersive experiences. So I teamed up with Marie and I said, we really gotta think about, you know, how do we survive the next two decades as a fashion brand that had a great 21 years. And um, very importantly, we had something that we felt that no one else had. And this whole concept of open source fashion, what does it mean? It means that unlike Gucci, Chanel, other very big brands that are very exclusive, they're amazing brands, we lose um, uh, inclusivity as opposed to exclusivity. So half the things that we produce are all created by independent artists and designers. And it was just at that huge pickup of the NFT boom where People were relishing, relishing to participate in a brand in a way that the very big brands would not open their doors for independent artists and designers. So we've been working for 21 years with independent designers and we said, let's tokenize this, let's make it much bigger. So instead of working with 12 or 20 or 30 at a time, we could work with thousands. And that's really the, the nature of the DAO. It's really to open up our brand to not just be about faith connection, the Faith Tribe is all about empowering people to create their own brands, their own riches, and their own thing. It's really beautiful, and, and it really touches me very deeply. If, if you talk to me as of late, I love talking about the creator economy. I, I heard this talk um, by uh, Sal Khan, who created Khan Academy. He was teaching kids math online, but he wanted to do a little lecture on YouTube about what he saw as what the future would be. This is like 10, 15 years ago. And he said, it's gonna to turn to a creator economy. You know, robots are taking our jobs, machines are taking our jobs. What's truly human, that's our creativity. And, and I love that, you know, what you're doing is facilitating the ability to, for individuals to touch base, right, with that creativity within them, to develop it, to expand it, to become part of something bigger, to actually make things happen. Because you have like, the, you have like a full manufacturing infrastructure, right? Absolutely. I mean, we've been doing this, like I said, for two decades, and that's what's really cool. It's not, it's not just a digital studio, which, you know, we love, and we love the metaverse, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but um, it's the three trillion industry where uh, all the value accrues to very, very big brands, and the small young artist and, and designer really cannot compete. You need scale to buy leather, especially in this inflation environment, tweed, 
knitwear and logistics and, and, and access to, to Farfetch and, and other e-commerce platforms. That's very, very difficult to do. That's why 400 and 450 billion of the industry is, is by independence, and they're like tens of thousands of individuals. And all these people do is they sort of go home, they design a few things, and then send a resume to Yves Saint Laurent or other brands in the hope of getting an apprenticeship, and then maybe 10 years they get a shot at doing the sketch, etc. They don't have their shared uh, uh, opportunity like, say, Airbnb or, or, or Uber, even though we're not of that standard. I mean, it's, you know, we're a luxury-style product, but at the end of the day, opening up a platform where someone can graduate from university, apply, and actually use their skills to design for us, and then we give them the logistics, the buying power, the access to the platform, all that real-world stuff, and put them on the metaverse. Um, that is very, very powerful. Okay, so that that's really what we're trying to create, and 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 the numbers talk. So it's a huge industry. If anyone took a share of that. Uh, of independent design, they're helping the community, but they're also, there's a lot of money to be made. A 1% share of 450 billion ain't that shabby, it's 4.5 billion. And this is a sector that is completely underprivileged. Uh, and then, last but not least, you know, I'm wearing this, I do not own this. I guess, Maria, maybe I own it now, I don't know. But um, this is created by an independent design, and it's all art, and this jacket costs 100. We can sell it retail after the marketing, et cetera, for 800. It's now worth five, six thousand. All because of that artist. All because of that designer. And inside here, there's a tag, an NFC tag, where this has a digital twin. And so that artist can sell this as a unique piece to this uh, very good looking gentleman over there. Seems like he could afford it. Can afford it. There you go. We've and got then, a buyer. And then, and then that digital twin exists on the metaverse too. And that, that artist is now exposed to thousands and thousands of people. And when this young gentleman goes to a bar or a lounge or, 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 or not another shindig. So that's the kind of immersive experience. But what is the, what is the lowest common denominator here? Is this, this unknown artist suddenly had a platform as opposed to just our own designers. And that's what we're trying to create here. Yeah, yeah, thank you for facilitating things like that. Um, tell me about, so I've been thinking a lot about branding since we've been talking about NFTs this past year on the Edge of NFT podcast. All these brands are being built. We're, we're thinking about the, the IP that's sort of sitting there that has such a long and storied history, you know, Disney brands, Mickey Mouse, Daffy Duck, like things like this, Marvel Universe, um, you know, brands just with staying power. And then these new brands like uh, Bored Apes, or is that a brand? What the heck's going on with that? Um, and how it's being built and, and maintained and, and a community built around it. Uh, tell me about sort of the staying power of brands and how you feel about that. Like, so. Um, obviously, building brand equity is very, very difficult. You cannot create uh, brand equity easily. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example of how um, you know the board game sort of manifests itself. Okay. So I know various people that own very, very expensive board game collectibles, but they're kind of getting bored. No pun intended. Board games, right? <laughs> they're getting bored of just showcasing that on their phone. Hey, I own this. Hey, look at my picture on WhatsApp. It's my board eight. That gets old, okay? Right? And so they, they approach us and they say, can you make us a unique 
collectible that I could wear. Okay? And if you own that board ape, you can actually make business out of it. You could have 10 or 20 or 30, as much as you want to dilute, collectibles that integrate that art. And so uh, having a faith connection brand with the logistics, with the brand power, with the partners is important. And then, you know, the, the previous session was about, um, you know, fun things uh, on Decentraland, etc. We had a great marketplace in Decentraland. But I, I do believe the brand power, you know, when Natalia was saying DressX, who did a beautiful pop-up store for us. Um, and, um, uh, but the big brands want to showcase as much reality as possible to really get that immersive experience going. So when we do a board aid or we do our clothing on the metaverse, etc., we want to partner with people that are really focused on true immersive experiences. And the immersive experiences is one where it becomes, you know, the transition between digital and physical is almost seamless. So we're definitely in that camp of trying to integrate both our worlds, okay, as opposed to just focusing on one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the brand equity that, that I think is important. Right. And, and uh, what about, like, the death of brands? Do you have, do you, do you feel like the, is there a shift in, in what a brand really is at this moment in time, right? So, so I believe Faith Connections brand is going to be monumentally enhanced because it's going to be fun. Because faith drivers are going to create their own brands. And they're always going to pay homage to the community that helped them get there. And so um, we, we are a brand that our designers came from Batman, Paco Rabanne. And we've done the whole thing. And we've seen it. And, um, but, you know, every season we've got to create something cool and fresh. And it's cool. It's excellent. We love it. But it's not fun. It's not community. It's not immersive. It's not integrated, right? And so that's really the transition we want to do. And I'm not going to name names now. I usually only boost people. I don't like to integrate. But let's take the huge brands. I mean, you've watched the movies. They're beginning to look the same each and every single time. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, and please don't take this wrong way, I mean it in a very positive way. I look at the fashion of this conference and I'm like, those brands are really dead. I mean, right? Because like, no one gives a damn, right? And, and so, and everyone here in this conference, I'm a lot of people have the buying power to buy the big brands, and they're just not into it. Mm. And so I don't know if I answer the question, but unless you become community-based and immersive, and you really focus on, yeah, that thing, it, that's not, that's not, you know, no one cares about that fur jacket. They care about uh, belonging to community. That's why they buy a board ape on their phone and show it off. And that, that's, that's different. Okay. than it was 20, 30 years ago. Right, right. And, and, and as I look around this, this conference, I see people creating like their own individual brand, even if it's comprised of like the various tribes and communities they're involved with. Um, you know, everybody from walk deciding, well, well, I've got a crypto punk, uh, but my way of expressing that is going to walk around with a mask where there's like a digital crypto punk face in front of my face or something like that, right? I mean, it's fascinating the way people are, are taking it on as their own and, and bringing it into a way of self-expression. Sure. As opposed to like the traditional wear a Coca-Cola t-shirt and advertise for Coca-Cola, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But tell me, would a big brand, a multi-billion dollar brand, dare, dare to do a line with the boarding? Ooh, that remains to be seen. Let, me, let me pick on the emperor. Let me pick on the emperor. With LVMH, with Louis Vuitton, have a leather bag with a board ape. 
We shall see. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I'm getting surprised every day. Why? Well, I want to take you back here. You know, you like to improvise a little bit. Well, first of all, I just want to let everybody know out there. We'd love for some questions in a little bit um, uh, as we as we move further into the session. So think about if you got something interesting you want to ask about outsourcing. You know, crowdsource fashion. And, and open source fashion. You already have a question. You guys are ready. All right, we'll get to you in a minute. Anybody else out there? I'm gonna come out kind of like just to be in the in the audience too to grab your questions. But before that, I just want to go. We have, we have edge quick hitters on our podcast where we ask like fun quick questions to get to know people a little bit better. We've asked all those with Wahid. By the way, go check out the podcast episode. Look up Edge of NFT. Look up Faith and Faith Tribe. You'll find our podcast episode. He impromptu gave away like, a tremendous amount of the FDRV token as part of our podcast as a giveaway, which just went nuts on our socials. Um, very generous guy, very spontaneous guy. Anyways, we asked him all those personal questions. You can catch up on that. But I'm, in, I'm inspired to just like get to know you a little bit better. You seem like just a, just a great big kid. Like you're playing, you know, you're creating. It's just, it's all just like this wonderful universe of like, I'm uninhibited with my with my personality and my creation. I want to know what can you go back to your childhood to like like the kindergarten or whatever. What spark in you led to what you're doing now with like open source fashion and uh, and, and DAOs and cryptocurrencies? Where do you think the seed of that came from? Can you find it? Wow, that that's a tough one. No, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I so I'm. Um... So I'm originally Lebanese, and uh, I am Lebanese, and um, that's a Phoenician country where we create nothing. We do we do hash. We do we do, we do hashish. <laughs> we we used to export some terrorism, which I'm not proud of. Um, and uh, but we're trained from the days of the Phoenicians. And so what one thing we do, and we had a lot of bankers from Lebanon historically when Beirut was the Paris and Middle East, etc. So. I am very uh, accustomed to, you know, um, trading, relationships, uh, looking at trends, etc. And um, so I'm not going to claim full credit, but as a Lebanese, you, we are very prone to finance, etc. And then when you get into finance, we do quite well because we monitor trends, we back the right people because we're extremely relationship-oriented, we're not geeky, we're not looking at algorithms to, to pick a company, etc. So when I back... You know, Maria, um, I have to, I believe in her, Maria Buccellati, uh, you know, famous Buccellati family, jewelry, but wanted to create her own brand, really, really did that. And, um, but my job is to shake her and shake other entrepreneurs that I back because I own other brands and others to make sure that they're really uh, in tune with the trends. And um, every single day I, I go to bed uh, thinking that I have an exis existential crisis, right? Because I, I get paid to worry, right? Um, so that's what I do. And so uh, I'm always challenging the status quo. So from the time I was, in, I was young, and uh, uh, I'm an incredible, I'm not an incredible, I, I like to think that I'm a good investor because I've had a lot of failures. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to say. So I mean, I'm incredible at understanding things because I have failed so many times. And, and um, uh, in portfolio management, you have 20 companies, three fail. But I say I fail many times because the failures hurt you the most, make you learn the most, make you make you ironclad, okay? 
so that you succeed over time, over and over and over and over again, right? So that's, that's really what, what, what that's my, my kick from when I was young. And uh, yeah, I never really had a homeland. There was always a war. We were always going from country to country to country, trying to learn different languages and mm. like that. So you just learn to be a little bit street smart, see trends, build relationships, trust people, and, and then what have you. Very cool. That's what turns into Washington Chimas. <laughs> All right, I'm going to grab some questions out there. I'm going to defer you guys a little bit. You're like an insider crew or something. I want to go back just, just to some folks. Act well, way back there. I'm going to get that question way back there. We can get a little bit of exercise. Ugh. I'm also just loud. No, no, no. I wanted to come out here and be like a... Be like the, the nerd running around. So, I'm very loud. Uh, I just want to ask you, take a step back from even this fashion element. As someone with such a history of fiat investment, how do you feel about NFTs? and the future of investing with that? And how do you derive from the failures of fiat? How could you apply that in principle to NFTs? Okay. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to answer that question. I'm probably gonna surprise you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in two parts. One is I don't like to be a hypocrite. I was a crypto bear. Okay, many, many years. And I think it's important to say that because I got the eureka moment during COVID. Um, I, I need tangible things. I'm a gold and silver guy. I own a lot of real estate. You look at my portfolio companies, it's hard assets. I'm a deep value manager. You know, I know a lot of people here like Elon Musk and they like, you know, all these great crypto billionaires. I love Charlie Munger. I hope I have him for many more years to come. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just how I grew up, right? As, as a value manager. And uh, I still feel like that, right? Everything we did with Faith Drive has a lot of tangibility. The clothes can be interchanged, NFTs, etc. So you, you will see a lot of deep value management utility in, in what we created. Having said that, a COVID was a punch, okay? Because I got sick and tired. I saw the artificialness of the world, the money printing, and, and the big daddy, you know, whether they print or QE or whatever, created all this artificialness around the world. But COVID really was a gut punch. Because when, the, when Apple was getting a Fed that was buying bonds at negative rates, when they have trillions in market value and 200 billion, they don't know what to use with, that really pissed me off. Okay, that really, really pissed me off. Because mid-sized companies like ours did not get that support. And we are, you know, small businesses that, okay, we got a few tarp-like deals, but we didn't really get that. And so I got a revulsion to fiat, let alone the fact that, you know, in Ukraine, Russia, Lebanon, etc. So many people cannot have access to banks. So many people cannot transfer money. And then you go, you transfer money in order to buy bloody leather to make a jacket, and they ask you a thousand different questions on some with no vested interest, and yet you get trillions of dollars sent around the world with no questions asked. So I became a crypto fan not for spec, but because of respect. And when the blockchain guys really made my company, our company, what it is today, because they funded it. They funded Faith Connection. They said, screw that world, let's tokenize. Let's completely pivot. So now I come with a lot of humility. Uh, and I tell everyone, I'm not in crypto or the blockchain because of spec. I'm there because of uh, existentialism and because you supported us. So I'm forever loyal now. And I think fiat, you know, is um, every single time I go to a transfer, right, and have to, and, 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 and it's just, it's just, the pecs are just so dead. I, I can't even, I, I can't even get the words to, to even start. But more importantly, this fixing of the economy, 
for the haves versus the have-nots really pissed me off. And I think there is a rebellion going on of epic proportions. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I've got one right next to me here that I'm going to run closer up front. Hey, my name's uh, Thomas Gaffney. I'm a, a startup financing attorney based here in LA. I do corporate organizations. I'm actually here on behalf of my client who couldn't make it, and he wanted to ask you this question. He said, um, if you had the top three bullet point pieces of advice for someone who's starting a fashion brand that wants to sell their brand in real life, but have each piece has a replica and corresponding NFT to use in the metaverse, if you had three pieces of bullet point advice to make that venture successful, what would it be? So, how about I tell you this? What if I told you, I just went on a whole charade, right, of talking about how the world is rigged, okay? The fashion world is 10 times more elitist and rigged than what I just explained to that young gentleman. All right. And, um, uh, Factories don't take you seriously. Brands don't take you seriously. They push you over. You go to the mall. It's all dominated by the same people. Um, so what we're trying to do, and I need, I wanted to qualify it, because if I just come and say, hey, we democratize fashion. We're there for the little guy. It just sounds cheesy and shallow. I needed to give you the context of our history for us to prove this to you. 50% of what we do is created by independent designers and artists. So I'm speaking, and we've been doing it for 21 years. So the only thing I can tell you is, um, give us a shot, right? Uh, talk to us. Uh, I want young uh, designers to come to us because when you come on Faith Tribe, you create your own brand. We, by, by the way, take a very, very small stake, right? Depending on the deal, 10 to 20%. That's it. Other than that, you use our scale purchasing, you use our digital studio, you use our partners for their beautiful metaverse creations. We get you on Decentraland. Um, you know, we had an epic closing party with Blondish in Paris. We repeated that on the Metaverse. It was beautiful. It was very successful. Same thing with our stores. We repeated it with Decentraland and Dressex. So um, all that becomes accessible. And if, if your artist says, I want to succeed forever. No, sorry. I want to succeed for sure. I want baby steps. They can come to us and they can, if they're very good. We could find a way for them to integrate within our own brand. If they say, hmm, I'm ready for the next step, I would like our own brand, we empower them to create their own brand. So I don't have any advice just to tell you that it's rigged, it's very difficult, so give us a chance, Try to allow us to help them become successful. I, I actually can't think of anywhere else you could, unless you have unlimited funding, uh, it's very, very difficult to break through. Go ahead, sir. I've got the next one here. She was uh, um, making, making her case for it. Hello, my name is Lynette Tyner. Hi. Um, so I am an artist. I make like one of a kind items, but to your point, I've been in the industry for 20 years. I'm 44. I know everyone's like, oh. When you say the industry is rigged, my profession, where I made my bread and butter, was a sales rep. So I went around and was at all the trade shows. Now, when I saw what the NFTs, not just e-commerce, but NFTs, has the potential to elevate like smaller brands like myself that's not in the mass production or 
opening doors. Like at the end of the day, brick and mortar is dead. If you would have told me that back in 2008 that my bread and butter wasn't gonna come from, you know, brick and mortar, we all watched web two, but couldn't believe it. Now, my dumb, scrambling you know if you're not an instagram girl and you bought and you're selling e-commerce now you win it but then there's the other part where stores are gone still trying to scramble for web 2 so i'm here now not as an artist like wow the nft thing there is a space where you can create one of a kind items so with all that said how do you submit or your accelerator program for Faith tribe. Yeah, sure. Trying to get in a tribe, bro. <laughs> Good. So, um, we are, so we're extremely competitive. And so, nine months ago when we started this, I said, well, how much time do we have to build out a platform and everything? And they said, oh, you know, you could stay as a white paper for four years. That, we were not interested in that. We know that because we do everything we've been doing for 21 years. Uh, we launched quite successfully. We launched because our luck is always screwed up. We launched on February 24th when tanks were rolling in and I was in my gym clothes and I sent a video saying everyone was calling me to cancel. And I said, no, we've been through COVID, we've been through, every, we've been through 9-11, we've been, we're gonna persevere, okay? We did, we did very, very well. Um, people saw us, noticed, and then they said, hmm, we kind of like the utility today. So we just created a web, a, a uh, beta portal where right now you have to go and submit. And my guys are like, but we don't have the portal ready. We don't have the seamless, you know, where you can go and, and submit without even talking to anyone, permissionless, etc. cetera. Um, the way it works, by the way, is you need to use FTRB tokens to use all our tools. But if you don't have FTRB tokens, you just come, you use our FTRB tokens, they're staked by another investor. It's kind of like borrowing, but not really, right? And then you share your gains with that uh, staking team. So you actually technically can use everything we're creating for free. Um, but people were relishing to start right now. So today, I said, okay, you want, you want to start today? You got to do it my way. Okay, my way is terrestrial. Phone number, phone call, okay. So you submit your designs, we contact you, we, you go through a digital studio, if it's good, we'll coach you, we'll manufacture your clothes, we'll put you on our e-commerce, we will mint your NFTs, we'll put you on the metaverse where you want, if obviously, based on your needs, etc. So I say this apolog apologetically, because people want to start right away, and we have everything, right, ready? So let's start away, but we gotta go Web 2.0 or Web 2.2 with you, okay? Until we build our portal, etc. Is it kind of like, uh, when you, is it like private labels, so all your artists are under your brand? No, 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 that's not cool. No, your brand, your brand. Your brand, your NFT, your brand. This is your brand. This is your brand. You're in. You're in. By the way, I did not plug this lady. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the game for 20 years, so I said 2008. I saw the shit. Like I saw everything. Absolutely. How our game just This is gonna be your brand. Yeah. It's up to you if you wanna. Yeah, but it's really your brand. Beautiful. This is awesome. 
So, so our time is about up, but I think we can go over for maybe like one more question. Or sure. What do you think? So, uh, before I go to this, I'm just going to go to this gentleman for the next question. You guys know him. I'll just ask him more questions he wants, I think, right? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think I, I just want to wrap it up here because I'm inspired to say, you know, without without making some fashion, without having the the token of faith tribe, we're all in the tribe. I think. Are we not? Here? Absolutely, and every and by the way, this is great. Absolutely, all in the tribe. Um, I wasn't going to do this, but I guess we'd like to give a few giveaways. So uh -oh. Look this, out, guys! He gets kind of. This crazy. lady is not a prop, but she, she you are now an owner of twenty-five thousand tokens. Whoa! <laughs> That's. <laughs> there is there is a catch, which is that we're going to engage with you. You can't just disappear on us. Okay. <laughs> Yes, there you go. There you go. He's going to pay you to bomb rush him. All right. There you go. All right, go to the next question. Yeah. So just 25,000 FTRB, it's like worth almost two grand. Grand and a half. So that is, you You can use that to start your business. How about that? Oh, man. Amazing. Find a way to really convince the audience this was spontaneous. I don't think they, I don't think they believe this was spontaneous. All right. I don't care. <laughs> I do want to say, just wrapping up what I just said, I was going to say it, but it turned into property. Edge of NFT, we're, we're in the faith trap. NFT LA, we're in the faith trap. I really feel it, man. I really appreciate you. All right, last question. Better make it good, brother. Hey, what's up? Uh, my name's George. I'm a founder of a decentralized independent designer sneaker brand. Similar to what you're doing, totally aligned with what you're doing. My question is, how do you feel about, like you were saying, these, these uh, big brands are not going to come in, but like Nike just jumped into the metaverse by an artifact. Adidas jumped in, it kind of partnered with Porte, and we know all those fashion designers at, at Nike and Adidas, and they're not getting paid properly. And the whole point of Web3 is for these designers to get paid properly. Sure, so how do we, like, our, our, our struggle is like, yeah, we're doing the right thing, we're doing Web3 properly, and... It looks like the big guys are just going to come in and, and recreate the, the universe in the metaverse. So, how do you feel about that? How do you how do you stop that? And, and no, I'm not going to bullshit you. Yeah, not stop that, and they will. Right, and that's the threat. So everything I told you in the real world, three trillion, four hundred billion, four hundred fifty billion independence, with all the dominance and all the economics going there. So let me just put this in perspective. Three trillion is occupied by like maybe a hundred designers, maybe two hundred designers. Okay, the four hundred billion is occupied by like 30,000 designs. So it's like crazy, it's the pyramid scheme. Um, in the sneakers, uh, Nike did something very interesting because um, that was the only example of a brand that got created on the metaverse that got purchased. And I asked, could that happen in fashion? And a lot of people said, and, and Andrea, owner of Fitchy Coach, she's here, she can opine. Um, they told me that that's probably not gonna happen. Sneakers are just unique. Sneakers are just unique. You know, they are what they are. You could uh, improvise and people always want really cool looking things. I'm not so sure that's the case. But the one thing which I would say is I would want to create brands for people in both the physical and digital. We're all about twins. Because I, I, right now we're in a, in a boom. There is a lot of hype. The digital might die. You say it always exists. But unless you wear it, and unless you were to do different things, you cannot really create a lot of brand equity, okay? And Nike is going to create brand equity around, around this purchase. For them, it's kind of free with the synergies, etc. But the big brands are going to dominate. We're trying to make empowered 
independent brands. Okay, I'm sure you're doing the decentralizing the same thing. Um, and um, uh, it, it's, I guess it's gonna see who's gonna sell out to a big brand. I mean, I'm already a big brand, so I can't sell to anyone else. But are you gonna sell to a big brand? Well, absolutely. We do something you get media brand speakers, so brands just be forever and not sell out. Even if it's a million dollar deal, we want to empower the designers. And I'm saying that now as a designer and then that in front of me, I'll probably see it too, but where I'm sitting right now, we don't want to do that. All right, can you meet with Maria later? Maybe you could, maybe maybe we can join forces and be a little bit more powerful than we were yesterday. Uh, Great stuff. Please, Andrew, can you stand so I can see you, Jack? <laughs> I dress these ladies, this is my only plug of the day. All right, all right, here we go. <laughs> Well, sorry, I didn't dress him. They, Maria dressed us all. Sorry. Yeah, seriously, Shit. one thing that's important about what you're saying is authenticity. So you'll hear about Fidget Code in the next hour. But I got into Web3 five years ago, and I was in the fashion and retail industry for 20 years before that. And all the people you saw earlier are my friends, and they hate it when I say, I don't know if you're here, that the future is not digital, it's digital. Okay? Yeah. Because the authenticity of the product comes from that connection. This jacket, Maria and I have been friends for many years, so this is very authentic. I bought at the store in New York that doesn't exist anymore. An artist, obviously, these are my initials, customized this. My favorite, one of my favorite jackets I own. That experience that we had in the physical store is authentic. The artist that made this, this is not a big brand. It, to me, it's more important what we lived through that event than the actual you know, label on the brand. We are trying to recreate that in the metaverse. Because one of the things that I love about the NFT community building, and I talk a lot about, I'm not a Gen Zer, okay, I'm a Gen Xer, but I talk about the fact that Gen Zers don't buy things for possessions. I was a mall executive 20 years ago, and everybody talked about possessions, money, how much can you buy? We talk about access. I love that the Gen Z community buys for access. This was Axis. Maria introduced me to the best musicians, best artists at a little shop in New York. And I wore this today because I wanted Rahid to see that for me, some of these are the new items. The iconic moments that create a collaboration are still important because they're authentic. So you may do some collaborations with us, with other with big brands. But for as long as the values, the communication through your values stay the same, you can have an authentic brand. And I personally believe that the next decade of consumption is consumption for access, and it's all about authenticity. So I'm more interested in finding people like you that, you know, and by the way, I work for all of the big brands, I still advise them. There's a place for everybody, but they want authenticity. We're all trying to be a little more authentic, and I think COVID, you know, kind of made us all reevaluate how much stuff we need. And your jacket, this jacket was when I opened the store in Mercer Street, was our beginning. We brought the brand from Paris, and we wanted to open source to the community. So I created an art studio for everyone. I mean, I had guys coming from Brooklyn, Chinatown, everywhere. I had artists from all over the world coming and painting, and we would give them a special donation for their work. And clients could also donate to them. But we always really admired, respected, and made sure that they're going to get paid. And this is the main concern, because earlier, on the first panel, I heard Corey say, I can work with Givenchy, so why should I work with anyone else? But that was really, for me, a big mistake. Why? Because I know the Givenchy's and the Balenciagas and all of them. My artists, I have young artists and I have famous artists from the Christophe de Carnan time. And 
This is why they're with Faith Tribe, because we respect, we honor them, and we are sure to give them value. And that's the most important, because like, I forget your name, Lynette, who I just happened to meet here, right? <laughs> we mingled. But this is an example, and, and the most important about Faith Tribe, and that's what I wanted to revert uh, earlier, is that we honor and we give respect to the artists. It's free the artists by giving them that possibility to be democratic inside of our house. And it's not about creating the big brand. All those big brands, I'm a big shopper, I don't really go for that. I love, like my jacket was made, it's a faith connection jacket. The artist, he's a renowned artist, he made my face in the back. This piece actually is chipped in authenticity with a chip where you can scan with your phone and you know everything about that artist, the material, where it was made. And this is for me unique. Why should I wear things that are all over, all over the place? So for me, now with Web3, this is the possibility is that we're taking, before Web2 was like all this mass of, of fashion and then it gets discounted. With this, we can value the artist, we can value the piece. It's not gonna go discounted. This is unique. And that's what I think the world is looking for. Awesome. Beautiful. It's going to this is, this session, these sessions are going to continue. Um, I think just, just before we wrap up, thanks so much to Wahid and Faith Connection and Faith Tribe. You know, I keep saying over and over again, it kind of looks like, whoa, how did people are telling us, like, how did we really put this thing together? We don't really know. You guys put it together, right? Wahid, you put it together. Everybody in this room put it together. Lynette, you put it together. <laughs> Yes, right. So, so, but, but big thanks to you for being such a big part of putting everything together. Give a round of applause to Wahid, and uh, we'll wrap it up. Give you a little bit of time for the next session. Thanks so much, guys. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Make sure to visit edgeofnft.com/discord to continue the conversation, and also visit edgeofnft.com/ar to plant a 3D augmented reality tree right from your mobile device inspired by our forthcoming Living Tree NFT collection, which will offer you the hottest alpha and participatory benefits within our ecosystem. The Living Tree NFT collection will also plant over 100,000 real trees. All right. Well, guys, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.